What's good, people? This is Sarah Harrison. You have landed in the Trap Podcast, a place where the stories behind creative individuals are told from conception to inception and everything in between. That's right. We invite guests to have conversation about the growth and the backstory of their life. I want to start by saying, first of all, thank you to people who have been followers and have supported the podcast from the start, which actually wasn't that long ago. But you would have realized that I went missing, literally, after the first episode. That's it. You didn't hear from me. And I'm really sorry. It was unannounced. Uh, A bit of a crazy month of troubleshooting that I won't go into because I've done enough complaining and moaning and it's not the energy. It's not the energy I want to come in with. But I don't wish that on anyone during a quarantine period when technical assistance is not really at my disposal and postal services, telephone lines and emails are not performing at their optimum level. However, no question about feeling grateful that my health has has remained intact. Obviously, I took the right measures very early on. I did isolate way sooner than we were instructed. You know, it's not about just protecting your health. It is about the people around you too. Must keep that in mind, especially now when measures have been lifted to actually integrate back into society and start getting things back to normal. Um, I would just say to, to remain mindful. There are people still mourning. It's not just, you know, a small community of people. This is a global tragedy. And I want to offer my sincere condolences to anyone who has been affected. In the midst of this, of course, I hope that content like this can keep your mind busy, keep everyone entertained, informed, and enable the learning process by hearing and listening to other people's stories. So do give us a follow. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. And I promise I will be here on a weekly basis. All right? So let's... um, Quickly backtrack to episode one. Hip Hop Mike, a New York radio host, DJ, as well as a music manager, A&R. We had a really fun conversation featuring his his dog. <laughs> These Zoom calls are, are so unique. Every time I see people's home life, that's even better for the premise of this podcast. So I'm loving it. And in episode two... I'm bringing you the founder of Hip Hop and More, who goes by the name Nav Josh. Back in 2008, blogging was a huge space in the media world, and Nav Josh really took that and ran with it, literally learned on the job. We talk about his career shifts, how he got into music from sports and law, the function of blogs in this current climate versus when they first came onto the scene competing against major media houses, speaking about artists that he helped break and was the first to feature, including some that may have gone under his radar, even getting into trouble with record labels for allegedly what looked like leaking information, but he'll tell you more the backstories of those. A conversation I loved having was the balance between headline-grabbing stories versus thirsty clickbaits, a battle we go through as journalists. Something he's excited about, which is transitioning into more executive roles within the music industry. And something that I wanted to bring to the forefront is actually his cultural background that I feel plays a huge role in defining his identity 
and enabling him to stand out in this space with a unique voice and a unique perspective. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Nav Josh on In The Trap podcast, right here with myself, Sarah Harrison. So Navjosh, Navjosh is joining me today on the podcast. This is about someone who I'd say has been behind the scenes for a number of years in the media world. And I feel like you have a story to tell. I mean, we have had like an introductory conversation, even though we've been following each other on Twitter. Um, but we only just recently actually had a conversation and I'm really excited to be bringing you on In The Trap podcast because this is this is all about telling the stories behind people that, you know, do take a backseat and probably you wanted to take the backseat. That's that's kind of what you signed up for. You didn't sign up to be the celebrity. <laughs> um, <laughs> True. But I guess that there is a story to tell um, anyway because I feel like you're always caught up telling other people's stories because you are the founder, creator of Hip Hop and More, uh, a very, very successful blog so nav josh how did you how did you get here like let's let's backtrack let's go from i mean you founded the the blog in 2008 so let's i guess go from pre-2008 well uh first of all thank you so much for for having me uh it's really an honor uh you know because you do you interview uh artists and you know other people all the time and it's a little sometimes a little odd getting interviewed you know so <laughs> it is Thanks for having me. No worries. I do, uh, I do have a, like a long backstory, but I'm gonna like you know keep it short uh, so that we don't like bore your listeners. <laughs> but, no, you're, this is fine. It's storytelling. I started. I, I've always uh, music has always been in my household. My elder brother uh, was fanatic when it came to music. Uh, his favorite artist is Prince, so it used to be uh, a lot of Prince, a lot of Michael Jackson, and you know all kinds of all kinds of music in the house, like from even like Oasis and Third Eye Blind. Uh, all those kind of bands to like Ice Cube and Snoop Dogg and you know Biggie and uh, you know and then obviously we came to you know the new some of the newer artists but uh, that's how I always you know I had uh, you know liking for music uh, and I was also a drummer in high school so I uh, 2008 I just you know uh, I was already into hip hop music so I was like browsing the internet and you know. Napster, and then then it came to LimeWire later, and then you know I used to just discover music through that, and then I used to visit uh, a few blogs back then, uh, just casually, and I I don't know, just one day it just suddenly struck me, I'm like, why don't I uh, start my own thing? And because I I have a different like I used to read a lot of opinions and a lot of articles about you know a certain song or the album, and I'm like I can probably write something different or offer a different uh, perspective on the same music that was the whole inspiration nothing nothing else really just because I wanted to have a voice uh, I just started casually it was a very very you know very very spontaneous decision just out of nowhere and it just kicked off for me I started the numbers you know I started to see the numbers rising from like 10,000 to 20,000 to you know 100,000 a month and you know it came to a point where I'm like almost half a million a month and I'm like damn like I really started something and I you know I have to go on but then there's a whole nother you know backstory to it because originally I wanted to become a professional golfer because I you know I was really really into golf so 
my original plan was that but i had a back injury which you know sort of uh, you know hampered you know those plans uh, for a, like a professional golf career and also because i had like a lot of lawyers in my family i was also interested in interested in doing law um so when my, my when my golf wasn't working out i'm like let me let me try to do something uh good with education so that i have you know later on if i want to pick up golf again if my if my health permits i can i have something to fall back on if you know if something you know doesn't go right when i pick back uh, my golf so that's when i started and when i finished uh i just you know i was practicing law on one side and then running hip hop and more on the other and it was very funny because uh i saw i realized that i'm not having as much interest in practicing law as i was running to my computer and covering the latest music and writing you know opinions and forming opinions about uh, my favorite music and you know discovering a lot of stuff that is out there but the other outlets haven't picked up you know i used to like dig deep uh, leaks snippets like radio rips which used to you know exist on the internet and i used to like find like cd quality versions of the songs out of nowhere I remember those days. Right, you know, I had formed, you know, the song used to like premiere on radio like Flex used to premiere it and then I used to come like few days later and drop the CD quality version and uh, a lot of people used to be surprised but then uh, by that time I had also, you know, developed certain relationships with media personalities with labels and like even one or two, you know, so-called hackers. I mean, I want to backtrack a little bit. I know what I'm loving about this is that I've discovered that you come from a drumming background. So the fact that you are a musician is I think so important, especially in the world of media. It seems to be that journalists have quite um quite a stigma, I would say. I I think the word with the word journalist has a stigma attached to it and it's quite it can be quite negative or it can be more of like, well, why do you have opinion on what I do when you don't do what I do? But it seems like you you're actually a musician so i i guess it ties into what you said as well which is when you grew up reading articles um about hip hop artists and about the culture you always felt like you had a different perspective is that the different perspective you meant right uh, so yes because i was a percussionist i like when i fell fell in love uh, with hip hop it was obviously the storytelling the the uh, the tough backgrounds that the you know the black musicians came from and i you know started studying the whole history of african american culture and you know started to really feel uh you know where they come from and when they say certain things why do they say them you know so i started loving that and obviously when it came to the music part uh because i had a percussion background i really fell in love really fell in love with hip hop at the at the core of like the production you know like the 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 beats you know the banging beats were like so attractive to me like so attractive to the ear and i'm like you know what is this like these drums are like hard like these keys are hard so uh that was like really the the pulling factor for me first before the lyrics the delivery and everything that obviously came on later because i was already listening to hip hop uh you know very religiously but the the production was the main factor that really pulled me into it so yes i i had a different perspective i thought i could write say a better back story on how the song was created or where who produced it uh, possibly who engineered it what what album it's going to be on because i when i used to read a lot of the online articles i found that they did not have a lot of the information that i would like to 
you know, uh, find out as a listener. So that was the very, very simple, you know, inspiration for me. And I just, you know, started yeah. it and I, it just kicked off. I love that. I do feel like that's why our paths crossed because we have quite a similar approach as journalists, as, as interviewers, you know, we leave the gossip to other people, I guess. Right, um, right. It's definitely, it's such a... Um, a great thing to see about hip hop and more because I, I think we we were in touch when I started sending you my interviews and it was great to receive feedback from you. I think that that's lacking as well in the media world. There's there's not much support. So well, I guess it's it's very competitive. How would you describe 2008, 2009, 2010 when you know from the time you started to the time that you did start seeing traction? How much of the competitors' traffic were you looking at or were you you know? analyzing and how, how much of that entailed i think uh yes i was you know the thing is that when it when i started it was like like really for the love of it uh and i was not really looking at the numbers or the revenue and everything obviously a year or so into it i when i saw that i am you know the numbers are increasing because eventually we hit over like you know 1.3 1.4 million a month which is a huge number and i was i started making a lot of money from it uh, so I was not really looking at anything else to start with, but obviously when I started looking at it from the perspective of a potential career, then yes, I, you know, I started analyzing the numbers, the, the revenue, the ad campaigns, like how, you know, how I can make most of the traffic and how I can make most money from it. Looking at keywords, the competitor, the competitor keywords, mm -hmm. how my competitors are doing with those certain keywords, uh, on search engines. You know, all of that. And I had to, like, really learn myself. I had to, like, self-learn all of that. Was it harder than law? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Probably not. Probably not. I found, <laughs> I, found, I found law quite hard, actually, to be honest. Uh, I'm not like, a really very, like, a, a studious kind of, you know, person. Uh, I mean, I did, I did pretty decent, uh, but, but then I'm not very, very inclined towards studies. I'm a more creative guy, like obviously do sports and you know and sure. other uh, other activities. So yeah, so I because it started like that, and then now the atmosphere is obviously very different. Uh, back then, I think uh, because it was a very close circle of bloggers per se uh, and journalists, we used to like exchange information very very often. It's not the same anymore. It's a lot less because you see everything pop up in front of you through social media, so you just end up you know looking at it. Uh, it just presented to you in a very, very easy manner. And you just, you know, uh, it's, it's not like emailing, like you email me your in, your latest interview, like, you know, I interviewed like whatever, like Migos or, or Ray mm -hmm. Simmer. Like, I'm not really, uh, now I can just browse through Instagram or Twitter and find your interview there. You don't have to like necessarily email me. Although I still appreciate people sending me. That means they have, uh, they are, you know, have a personal personal touch with me, and also I think they care about me checking the interview or covering it on, you know, on hip hop and more. So I think I, I really appreciate that, and I, I and I do the same a lot, you know, with some of my interviews, which I think are newsworthy. I send it out to a few of my friends. So I think that's a little bit of a difference then versus now. Okay, first of all, that takes so much time and patience, and I respect that you still you know, you're still that much involved and, and committed. Um, so, you're, so you're saying that in the early years of the blog, newsletters were a big factor in it all? 
um, versus now it's like the 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 Twitters, the Instagrams, the TikToks. They're more of the you know channels where people do get their their news versus like even going directly to the blog. So when did you see that change happen? Yeah, I think about maybe a big change that I thought uh, that I saw was probably around 2015-16. I would say that's mm-hmm. when like the that's when social media started to become stronger and stronger and the blogs uh, did not have started to lose sort of their value uh, in say breaking artists or uh, breaking news per se because now social everything is breaking on social media you know every you know an artist like leaves leaves a, a controversial comment on an instagram post or or like a he or she tweets something that becomes the news story on the blogs or you know whatever like the the media outlets so the whole like the whole scenario has like you know changed now it's, it's reversed uh, but 2015 16 i would say that's when like the change really started to happen social media when social media took over it really impacted media outlets all over like including the bob and more like revenue wise i would say like now i'm not even like making like 50% of what i used to make Wow. Say like four or five years ago. So now it's more like for the love of it. It's not even for the money. Yeah, but it it really sets you apart though because you do do it for passion, from passion even. That that's why you know you still do it. You, you know you know what I'm saying. I bet you had so many A and R's knocking at your door at, oh at, during that era. <laughs> can you can you tell me more about that time and what? What was the the kind of politics behind all of that? Because I I hear bloggers say all the time, "Well, we well we break artists on your behalf," so 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 to speak. Tell me about that. Crazy, uh, like I would say, like you know, to start off, I would say even now there are labels and A and R's, you know, emailing me, us, other media outlets, other blogs every day. It's not that hasn't changed much because they're still looking at media coverage uh you know on outlets still as part of the game it's not just social media or tiktok or whatever the other platforms are playlisting obviously i would say that has now overtaken this part of the promotional or the marketing strategy but it's not it's not totally gone it's not totally taken away by everything else so i would say it's still important but probably not as important as it used to be so i we still have you know like labels and ARs like emailing and following up like three or four times about coverage and it's just not possible to cover everything unfortunately mm. you know so but but that time you know in the, in the earlier times it was wild like uh ARs and you know media and uh label people used to have all kind of strategies to like break artists and a lot of them you know you'll be surprised how they used to actually intentionally leak songs on the right. internet and like i obviously i i cannot name anybody but i've had you know i've leaked sort of leaked uh, a few songs uh, out there uh, on the internet like throw it out there out of nowhere um, and people think it's a leak people think it's come out of you know nowhere but it's actually intentionally being released by the label or the artist or his or her team to test waters uh, to see how you know audience reacts to that sound maybe they're, they're trying a different sound so they want to see if they like the production they're going into a different route so they want to see if the if you know the audience is like feeling this kind of sound from the artist this new era from the artist so 
it used to be a wild time you know that is a main difference that doesn't happen anymore i think i mean i haven't i haven't done that nobody's you know asked me to do do that anymore but uh, a lot of the artists obviously used to look at the blogs to find coverage on the internet you know because social media wasn't there so for example at hip hop and more we used to run this saturday spotlight series i'm th- um, by the way i'm like thinking of now planning uh, on you know relaunching that series but back then that used to be like that really really worked well for us uh because we found a lot of the artists that we cover now who are like multi platinum you know grammy award winning artists that i that we literally found through the spotlight series and labels started to like really notice because the whole concept was that you hey we get so many submissions so let's make a system where you you know submit music to this email from monday to friday and then whatever we think is the best we are going to you know post that on hip hop and more like the best two or the best three or even like one uh, the best one out of the lot so you know a prime example is like russ uh, i literally you know hip hop and more like hip hop and more was literally one of the first media outlets on the internet to cover his music and i remember when he used to like you know hit me up every day wow. on twitter like hey like post my music like can you listen to the, can you listen to the music i submitted on the saturday spotlight series can you listen and you know i i did listen one fine day and i'm like this guy makes great music this is like back in 2012 like 8 years ago so it was his proactivity of reaching out to you personally that that even stood out above the rest absolutely and on top of that he made get, he made really good music you know i remember uh, his email said hey uh, something like i'm russ um like i'm russ i'm 19 i make great music check me out like very very simple to the point and i'm like okay like this guy is confident so let me let me check out the music and it was great and i'm like you know i'm going to post this so and obviously he was very thankful for that and then later on he you know even now like he's ahead of the curve in many things i think his sound is really really good uh he's ahead of the curve you know in the marketing in giving free gems to people i think that's really dope of him august alcina is another artist that we found that we posted on saturday spotlight i actually hosted a mixtape of him uh with dj greg street uh hip hop and more presented his first mixtape first official mixtape that's dope and i love greg street greg street is an og and he doesn't get championed and like honestly given his flowers enough definitely shout out greg street i didn't i didn't know that about august yeah 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 so his first official mixtape we uh we we premiered present, presented it and uh, greg street uh, hosted it so uh, you know like things like that tide all assign another one like very very early uh, i think just one or two media outlets had covered him this is again back in 2012 um his manager dj busy um he hit me up one fine day about it. he's like i got a new artist you got to check him out i'm like okay send me the music and he sent me the music i'm like damn like this guy is talented you know he can rap he can sing and uh his voice was so special and and i again i ended up posting his music because i really liked it and then later on you know later on he's now one of the most of uh, incredible artists i mean having such so to speak credits under your wing now how do you intend to develop that if that makes sense like you know we have spoken about expanding out of the media world into actually using your your ear to a, to a better sort of function if that makes sense like having a a more deeper role in in the music 
So well, how do you plan on developing that? Yeah, so I've been, uh, you know, I've been trying to do a bunch of stuff uh, on the A&R side, um, on the executive, like executive producer capacity. So I have a couple of things uh, in the works right now. But recently, I, for example, I, you know, I executive produced a brand campaign, uh, a rap song based brand campaign from a Formula E team, uh, Mahindra's Formula E team. So that was a big, big project, like, a, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars worth project, like a really big project. So that was a, you know, that was like one of my, one of my, one of my first big projects. Uh, so things like that, I'm looking to pick. I have a couple of things in the works right now, but even on the media space, I'm trying to like uh, do a bunch of new things. For example, even the Saturday Spotlight series that I spoke about, I'm trying to relaunch it uh, in a bigger way because I still get like, you know, I, uh, I'll tell you a short story. I, in, in this quarantine period, I did this like just on the concept, uh, the concept of Saturday Spotlight. I did this quarantine spotlight, uh, you know, post where I hit, you know, I, I posted something on my Twitter saying, "Hey, uh, you know, I, I know times are times are tough, so upcoming artists like tweet me your music, uh, reply to this tweet, and I'll post the best one later today." And I gave I gave them like two hours, and I had like 110 submissions. And I'm like, you know, like absolutely nuts. Like so many people I remember, uh, and they, they tweeted me like, like, hey, like you know, we, we're waiting for something like this because we followed the Saturday Spotlight series and all of that. So I had like 110 submissions. I'm like, like it's just not possible for me to pick one. So I ended up picking the best 10, and I posted one each day for the next 10 days. So, and, you know, I, so I basically gave like 10 absolutely brand new artists who have zero media coverage elsewhere, uh, art on hip hop and more for nothing, just for the love of it, you know? So things mm. like that really excite me still. Uh, you know, I, I just discovered like 10 incredible artists, you know, and there's just so much. And then you realize like there's so much talent out there. There is, there is this, this quarantine. Yeah. It's really brought it out in people. And um, it's almost like, how do I don't have time to consume it all and actually digest it? It is there's so much, so I feel like there is a plus to the internet because there is definitely an audience for everyone out there. What I did want to ask: Do you actually recall there being an artist that you might have slept on, and then he or she was came under your radar, but you slept on them? Do you recall? I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, I do. Uh... That's bound to happen because. Because even though, because even though, I'll tell you what. Even though I, I really think uh, that, like, I just trust it, you know. And I, I know when I, I don't know everything. Uh, I'm not an expert on anything, on on everything. But I know when I hear a hit, you know. Uh, so I've always really been into that. So, but sometimes you just miss it. It's just not your taste, you know. Uh, and Lil Uzi is one of them. <laughs> so. <laughs> In the beginning, uh, you know, I like Uzi now. Like, I, I like a lot of his stuff. But back then, when he was absolutely brand new, I think, if I remember correctly, I think he had, like, five or 6,000 followers on Twitter. Because, yeah, Drama and I were in touch. And Drama sent me his music. He's like, yo, Nav, uh, I want you to hear this new artist. Uh, I got this new artist from Philly. His name is Uzi. When he emailed me. Uh, no, sorry, DM'd me, actually, on Twitter. And I'm like, hey, Drama, like, you know, yeah, you want to check it out. I checked it out. I... It was just not not my taste. I'm like, hey, like I'm a drum. I'm not really feeling it, you know. Because now it's Uzi is obviously still uh, 
he 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 doesn't he he can't like really appeal to everybody. But then back then he wasn't polished at all. So it was the the scenario for somebody like me was even worse. You know, he was not polished at all. So it, like his his rhymes and his you know hooks were like all over the place. So I wasn't really feeling it. And he ended up being you know such a big artist. And I remember like hitting up drum once. I'm like, I because when he uh, then he launched Jack Harlow. You know, of course, uh, yeah, who's like killing it right now. But then he the, he DM'd me about Jack Harlow then one day. Uh, this is like two two and a half years ago, and he's like, "Oh, Nav, you slept on Susie. I don't want to, you know, I don't want you to uh, sleep on sleep on this artist now. You better wake up." And I heard, and I'm like, "I feel this. I like this. You know, I like this guy." So yeah, again, like I, I was really quick on covering him uh, in his. Yeah, he was really good. I was very versatile. I really like his style. So yeah. So yeah, I mean, that was the biggest example that I can think of off top. No, I love that, and we all do it. Like it's impossible to to have to be right all the time. It really is. You did say that there was um there was a wave of leaks, um sort of like solicited leaks, but I mean I don't know if you want to talk about this. Would would you say there was a time where you got in trouble? <laughs> yeah, I mean you know the thing is like with the internet uh, now. Obviously, internet is worked now, but then back then, now it's like still, it's it's a lot more regulated now, where artists like are really controlling what comes out when, and the rollout, the marketing is like very strategic, and everything is on time. Because uh, the leaks, as far as the audio leaks are concerned, they still happen now for whatever reason, and there's like so many layers to it. But then. There aren't many uh, leaks as far as like say the album cover has come out out of nowhere or the track list has come out out of nowhere. You will see that the artists are now putting out their you know all of this information around the album on the Instagram or social media or whatever in press releases and emails. So back then, a lot of that used to happen. And I you know as I was telling you on our uh, you know on our call earlier, like you know I I posted. Uh, the trouble that I, you know, got into was like I posted Kendrick's uh, "Good Kid, Mad City" cover, and I found that on one of the Amazon sites. I think Amazon Japan. And then back then, I used to like really, really have this crazy. Uh, I don't know, like how I wouldn't call it knack, but just like a very, very um, like I was very, very curious to find information which isn't out there, you know, and. I wouldn't like to call it like a leak because I'm not like I'm not you know hacking somebody's email and putting it out there. But then I used to like browse the Target website, the Walmart website, you know, random uh, digital stores, Amazon digital stores, iTunes, everywhere to find like an album cover or a track list which is out there but hasn't been revealed yet or hasn't been found by any other media outlet or any other fan. So I used to, I'm like, you know, one day I'm like, you know what, Kendrick's album is about to come out. So let me go on all these digital stores and find if I can, you know, if I can really, uh, let me look if I can really find Kendrick's cover. And I, I found it on, uh, I think it was a Japanese version of Amazon. Amazon and I yeah. found the cover and the deluxe edition. Damn, okay. I posted it. Obviously, uh, I'm like, with my innocence mind i'm not thinking much i'm like okay i found it on amazon i'm just like putting it out there what what you know what how bad can it go <laughs> so i posted it and i get a message <laughs> i get a message and a frantic email 
from first I get a message from Kendrick himself, and then I get a message, uh, you know, from his manager, uh, an email from his manager. He's like, "Yo, you're ruining our rollout. What the hell are you doing?" I'm like, "I, you know, I'm really sorry that you know this has happened and I'm, I've ruined your, you know, rollout, but." I really haven't leaked it, you know. This is where I found it, so I they gave should have the hired you after like, that. I don't know who's responsible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who's responsible in in the scope or you know, an international distributor. But I found it, uh, you know, I found it on Amazon site and I posted it. I didn't think about it much. I'm really sorry, you know, but I can't do anything much about it. It's out there already. <laughs> so you were doing so your we job. So we obviously sorted our, you know. I was doing. I was just doing my job as you know, as as a, as a you know media person, as a blogger, just looking to find stuff which isn't out there. Because that's the only way you could make or build traffic. Because you, you're only going to build traffic if people find new information, uh, you know, which isn't out there on on other at other places. You know, how else are you going to build traffic and you know build your outlet? Because yeah. you're not like you're not getting uh, you're not getting exclusives or like in-person interviews all the time with uh, you know I'm, I'm like competing against major media houses, you know. So the only way for me to you know this is like a level playing field. Like I, this is like internet is the only place where I can really be on the equal with everybody else. So I'm like looking frantically looking for information out there, and I found it and I posted it. So obviously yeah. we sorted out our differences later. Yeah, <laughs> I ended no. up interviewing him as well. You interviewed him after this happened? After, yeah, after much, uh, a, a few months, a few months after. So that was great. Yeah, we, we it was all sorted. Uh, but there are things like that happen, you know. So this is just like the I think the first major major like with a very very big. Like the most, you know, one of the most anticipated albums. So Kendrick was like really, really buzzing. So there are other instances as well, but this, you know, off top, I can think about this instance as, as one of them. But yeah, that's just the game. <laughs> it is definitely the game, and um, the fact that you have you had established yourself, your intentions with your with your blog. I think that's why you maintained good relationships, and people didn't, you know, boycott you or or this, this, and that. I felt I felt like you did you did what you did. With, with good intention and you want to generate traffic, right? And same with, you know, my interviews, things like that. And you kind of want to have a headline. You, you want to establish a headline, but without being clickbait. Like that is so difficult, isn't it? It is very, very difficult. Like even with some of the interviews that I do or even like things like this, like when I'm looking for information which uh, is not covered by any other media outlet out there, I'm looking to post it or cover it in a way that I do not cause trouble or because I don't like, I don't want to hurt the artist or the label. Like that's not my intention at all because I can, I can picture myself in their shoes and feel bad about something like that happening, you know? So I don't want to leak something and ruin an album or a whole campaign. So, but it's difficult, you know, you're looking for a headline, you're looking to make traffic, but at the same time, you don't want to come across as too thirsty or like too clickbaity. No, you know, so even with, even in my interviews, like you know, I want yeah. So even in my interviews, like like I try to obviously I'm trying to ask things uh, which haven't been answered before, which haven't been revealed before. But then like I can't be too pushy. For example, you know, if if they say you know they don't want to answer, they don't want to reveal a name or a release date, you can't be like too pushy. You just have to let it go. But sometimes it's difficult, you know, to create. Uh, uh, because you don't want like an interview to be just another interview where the artist has, you know, 
is speaking about 10 things and you know nine and a half things he's already spoken in other interviews you don't want you don't want that either you want no. like you want some spice in your interview you know i empathize completely because it's 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 a different cloth of people you know you did you did throw elliot wilson's name um in our prior conversation as well and we see that you know you, you guys have a an online relationship as well like it's like a mutual respect as well because there is good intention in the content. Tell me about your relationship about Elliot with Elliot, sorry. He's always been like when I started out, I knew about him. Uh I'll be honest, like I didn't know his entire history when I just started out, you know. But I knew that he is a very, very, you know, credible journalist. But when I started out, uh, uh I, you know, I was getting more and more into the media space. I was looking at other people who are you know, influential in the game or legendary in the game. Obviously, he was one of them. And I, you know, I'm looking at and researching on his past stuff with XXL and everything. And I'm like, damn, like this guy is like really done, like legendary covers, iconic covers, iconic interviews and reviews. And it just so happened. And I, you know, I obviously I'm following him all the time on Twitter and everything. Twitter was still new. One fine day, uh, you know, by, by that time, he's already one of my biggest influences, you know, just looking at his interviews, just looking at the way he moves, the way he like rebrands himself so quickly and, you know, uh, evolves with the time, you know, it's, it's very hard to do for, cause he's, he's a senior now. Like he's not, you know, he's not 20 year old. So, right. you know, at that age to keep evolving is very, very credible. So, uh, I, you know, one fine day I get an email from him. And I didn't even like, I didn't even have his email, obviously. So I'm looking at the email, it says, you know, Elliot Wilson. I'm like, okay. So I opened the email. I remember opening the email on my computer. It says, hey, Nav, I see you like, you know, killing the, killing the blog game. Uh, you know, who exactly are you and where are you? So <laughs> that's because my, my identity was absolutely ghost on the internet. Nobody knew how I looked like. Nobody knew where I was from, who I am, what's my nationality, what's my ethnicity, like nothing at all, like absolutely zero. Because then he emails me, I'm like, wow, like this is, uh, you know, this is, this came out of nowhere. I'm like, damn, like I really look forward, I, re I really look up to this guy and I get an email from him. So I tell him like, hey, like, hey, sir, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a lawyer. And I do this for fun. I really like doing this. And he's like, like, you know, you're killing it. And this is like so surprising. I told him like who I was, where I am. He's like super surprised. And that was like the, really the start of our relationship. So every time now I'm in New York, I, we meet and we chat and we have this mutual respect because I really look up to him. And uh, just the way he, the way, the, the thing that I really, really admire about, uh, you know, I, I often call him Mr. Wilson because he's so senior, you know. <laughs> to me so oh. you know the the, uh, the 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 thing that i really admire about elliot is how he uh credits other people whenever the credit is due you know even if it's a competitor he'll take that information or repost that or even when rap on rap radar when he was posting it if he has seen something that a site has premiered or posted uh or, you know, for the first time among everybody else, he will, he'll make sure that he credits them. He'll make sure that he speaks about them. You know, that's the thing that's that I really, true. really like about him. Like he really, like really uplifts other people uh, who are, who may be competitors, who may be in the competition in the same game, competing for the same space, but he, 
is always, you know, props when due. That's one thing. I, I don't see anybody else doing it at that level. Nobody else. Like I, 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 I can't name anybody else uh, on the internet in this space, in the hip hop space, who does it to that extent. So it's that true. really, really is very, very commendable. And I think that's that's the reason why he is a veteran and an OG in in hip hop. The the culture is in the space of the culture itself, not in in journalism and in the media world. It's more it's more of just an an entity that he he is part of. You know, it's it's a whole family that he is a part of. He is respectful, understanding, and appreciative of that. That he can be a, a vessel for other people. Absolutely, and and just the work, just the work he's done. Never clickbaity, never too thirsty for a headline. Uh, always about the music and the stories behind the music. Never about who's sleeping with who or like who shot who. You know, it's it's always about the music, and I, that that I really really admire. And I think I I took a lot of inspiration. Uh, and he that's why he's like you know. Uh, one of my biggest influences in the media game. A lot of a couple of other people too. Like I admire, like Rob Markman is another another person who I really really admire uh, for similar reasons. You know, uh, yeah. you know, amazing journalist, amazing guy. Uh, so you know, people like that um, are like really really you know influential to to my work. Yeah, I have to say it's difficult. The journey of my career, I've I've come across quite a few people or opinions that say. Oh, you know, maybe like you should spice it up in a in a different way, or like you should do something that's a bit more of shock value to it. But it's not who I am, and it's not what I want to be remembered for. I remember, um, I saw a quote that Gary V said not not too long ago, which he says, "Make content for make the content you want to be remembered for, not for." I, I, it was it was something along those lines I really wish I can remember it but it is that because there is an audience for what you do and you want to make sure that the same audience um you want is is coming to you you know if if that that um, person listening or watching you doesn't like what you're doing then you don't really want them in the in the comments if that makes sense you don't really want them in your circle absolutely yeah no absolutely you you want your legacy to be uh, right and you know you want to be on the right side you know you don't want uh, something you know just like like I a lot of media houses a lot of uh, companies have tried to like acquire hip hop and more over the years but just the way things are presented to me uh, their plan and strategy over the next say few years where they want to take the site it just hasn't like really you know it doesn't it doesn't uh, sit well with me just just their vision you know because i don't want hip hop and more to be remembered for something that i do not do my conscience doesn't allow that you know Absolutely. just simple as that wow so you have had conversations like that a few uh i would say quite a few actually but it's just that um 90% like 9 out of 10 times there the the conditions and whatever you know contractual conditions and everything that they that they present it's a lot to do with taking over the entire site and you know not giving me a uh, you know substantial role in in things forward and that hasn't like really that has really uh, sort of made me 
not do it um so i've stayed independent um for you know for the last 11 years and until i find i mean i'm not opposed to i'm not a really opposed to having somebody you know uh, do some funding and you know even like buy the site and have, but i i want some role in it because i don't want tomorrow you know i don't want hip hop and more to be a gossip site tomorrow and everybody remembers everybody associates like me with you know like love josh with hip hop and more so i don't want like hey like look what nav did is very rare that the gossipy platforms live long to be honest i is they have quite a short lifespan i've seen it happen like where urls change and you know one here one day they're here the next day they're not so i guess i guess the best thing to to be is authentic because no one can check no one can come in and change that ever it's literally it's you it's your dna but what we didn't mention is that you were in the field of intellectual property in law so i guess you know that that gave you a big sense of knowledge when it comes to you know selling your brand or or getting other people involved in the brand so how do you feel like that that helped you that that knowledge of intellectual property when it comes to these conversations and others you might have had i think yeah th- most definitely i think yeah in, in intellectual property like um ipr was one of the one of the fields that i was practicing in uh not the only one but one of them uh but obviously i had enough knowledge much more than you know a layman obviously so that really helped me uh even like you know signing up for like ad networks and you know doing ad campaigns i knew i knew the the finer things to you know to read uh, in the contract and what to take care of and you know uh what all to negotiate so that really helped me of course my law knowledge definitely you know uh had a role in all of this even when other media houses have like tried to you know acquire the site when they you know present like a two three page uh in a sheet you know two three pages of sheets where they like list out the things obviously it's not a full contract yet but when they list out here are the things that you have to take care of and these are the things that you know your do's and don'ts or whatever and i'm like this just doesn't work out and that's obviously because i don't do not have to go to another lawyer uh to you know to see that information or say hey can you look at this can you look at this uh, sheet and tell me what uh, i should take care of i can do that myself thankfully Yeah, yeah education doesn't go away so i know that a lot of people a lot of people feel like you know college or whatever isn't important anymore some people yeah some people make it big without going to college without going to school but those are i think still exceptions uh, i think uh, education never goes waste and i'm not talking about just school education or college education you know whatever whatever field you're in if you if you study it enough uh, even if you don't end up doing that professionally later on in your career that it's at some point of your life i think it always it always helps you right and i feel like we're circling back to the beginning now i i i do remember you saying that you come from a family of you know lawyers and and um you were interested in in sports and music at what point did sports and music meet or which came first like this is really going back to the beginning i think uh music i started playing percussion instruments literally when i was 6 or 7 years old so i've been like into music that long you know wow. uh for like 20 25 26 years that's a long time so i've always 
always been into music. Golf, obviously, when I was a teenager, uh, my early teens, I picked up. Uh, I mean, I was playing before that, but that's when I started to play competitive golf. And then I, you know, I loved it so much because my father was a golfer as well. Uh, and I, when I picked it up, I loved the game. I just fell in love with it. And it's such an addictive game, as everybody knows. So I wanted to play professionally, but my health did not allow me. I had major back problems uh, and that kind of... Uh, so I had like two or three career switches, uh, right. you know, from golf to law and then from law to hip hop. Uh, you know, at one point I was all, I was doing law and hip hop at one time together, and you know that's when I you know when when hip hop became so exciting for me. I'm like I don't want to do law anymore. This is way more exciting because when I am blogging, when I'm writing stories, I don't feel like work. You know, I don't yeah. feel like this is work. I, it's like all fun to me. I don't even feel like I'm working and I'm making money off it. So what about your peers? My peers? Yeah, like how was was the hip hop culture embedded within your circle of, of peers, or was it? You, did you feel like you were doing your own thing? I think, as I said, like my brother used to listen to all kinds of music. Like he is uh, a few years elder to me, almost I would say like a th- third parent to me. So in the house, he used to play from like Prince to Michael Jackson, and you know the Beatles to like. Third Eye Blind, Oasis, and, you know, Radiohead, and LL Cool J, Biggie, Tupac, Snoop Dogg, like all kinds of music, Coolio, you know, I remember. So I I heard uh, so many different genres of music in the house. So my musical, you know, ear was like inclined uh, to no specific genre. But when I, when I heard hip hop, uh, you know, when I started to hear hip hop regularly in the in the household as a teenager, that really, really pulled me towards it. Somehow, something about it. Maybe it was a beats or whatever. Yeah, no, because that's that's why I wanted I wanted to bring it back up again because you you specifically mentioned the percussion. Did you see a parallel to to your native music with the percussive side of things? Yeah, so I mean, my native music, Punjabi music. Uh, yeah, a little bit. And you know, the, the funny thing is that. Uh, I'm a Punjabi and Punjabi music has always uh, gelled uh, very, very well with hip hop. Uh, you know, if you go back into the early 90s, uh, even in the UK, uh, UK pioneered, like, you know, Punjabis in UK pioneered uh, Bhangra uh, and hip hop mixed together, you know. So when that was happening, I was listening to that as well, you know, buying all kinds of music. Uh, all kinds of Punjabi music where they incorporated hip-hop music uh, in a big, big way. You know, hip-hop and dancehall uh, were the two biggest genres with, which know. were mixed well with, with Punjabi music, you know. So it was, and it's so funny that, you know, even right now, uh, I think most most Punjabi, I would say like 90% of Punjabi music, uh, Punjabi musicians in, say, whether it's in India or it's in, in the UK or the Canada or, or Canada or, uh, you know, the States. Uh, nine out of 10 Punjabi people who are listening to Punjabi music would also love hip hop music. You know, I can guarantee that. So, you know, that's, it's, it was always very, very, you know, at the running at the same time, very, very parallel. Exactly. Very, very parallel. And I know that soon to come, I feel like Navjosh, you're gonna be instrumental in in marrying the two again. Like I feel like there was a there was an era of hip hop where there was such huge crossover, huge, like from 
not just and not in not just underground you know it became commercial and mainstream with crossover production like Timberland, I know Timberland got in, got into trouble a few times, like <laughs> with his sampling, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I I think that there is there is space for that to to be become prominent again. How do you hope to make your mark? Hundred percent. I'm so looking forward to doing something big together, where I like you know uh, put together UK and collaboration and a Punjabi or hip hop collaboration and all those things. And I actually have a couple of things uh, in the works, talking to a couple of people. I'm really trying to make, really want to see a moment happen again. Uh, you know, for example, like Punjabi MC's Mundia to Bachke, you know, when uh, that, that song became so big worldwide. People did not know what, you know, what the singer was singing. It was uh, performed by the singer called Lab Janjua, who's no more. Uh, R.I.P. So nobody knew what Lab Janju was singing, but everybody was jamming to it. Just like, you know, it's just like how you go into a remote area and you don't know what uh, Go Shorty, It's Your Birthday means, but everybody's singing it. You know, everybody's singing the 50 Cent hook because they love it so much. It's in a similar way, Mundiata Bachke became so big, like, that, like Jay-Z hopped on it, you know, and it hit like whatever, I think number 13 or something on Billboard Hot 100. So it, that was a huge moment for Punjabi music. And I think I'm really, really eager to make or have a part in something like like that kind of a moment again. I really, really, am, I know that's really on one of my goals, one of, on my bucket list. I really want to make that happen. Man, like what what names can we expect? Like what, what people do you have, you know, in your vicinity that you're excited about? I mean... On on the on the hip hop side, uh, to be honest, like I'll tell you something very very frank. The the last like year or so, I felt like there's there's too many artists sounding like the one that came before them, you know. And I know that uh, the streaming era has really really uh, made it possible for artists to really have. Uh, you know, a sound which is not really unique, you know. But I think last year or so, uh, I felt like a lot of the artists are, you know, like if you listen to the album, uh, it's like almost like one beat has been reconstructed, you know, five times over. And I really, really find that disappointing about this the other day as well. It's got a lot of, you know, a lot of comments and, Lot of some appreciation, some hate, but that was those are like really my true thoughts. But you know, from the new lot, I think uh, there's a few, there's a few hip hop artists that I really like. Jack Harlow, I really, really like Jack Harlow. Uh, <laughs> you, you've got a chip on your shoulder with that one. <laughs> true, true. Uh, there's a there's a there's a rapper from uh, Baltimore, um, Jay Grams. He's signed to Cinematic Music Group. I really like him. Yeah, yeah. He's dope. He's like a 2020 version of an like of an early 2000s rapper, you know. So I really like that. Uh, YBN Kode is one of my favorites right now. Amazing artist. Like his, I think his album uh, is his debut album is definitely one of my favorite albums of like in the, the past like maybe 18 or 20 months for sure. Really, yeah. really excited about where he goes from here. Yeah, I think. Is I think is Dallas his A and R like same as Roddy Rich? I, I'm not sure. Is it Atlantic? But they're they're doing great with the Atlantic yeah, yeah, hip hop artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his name is Success. The A and R. 
That's I, right. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. in touch with them. When you listen to Cordae's album, you feel like like you you will find how he is not again like he has he sounds like it's cohesive, but you can you can see that he's like experimenting with different sounds, different flows, flows, different different layers. You know, in the album, that really reminds me of the time when I fell in love with with hip hop. You know, during the Eminem Fifty and and Wayne and Ludacris. You know, all these artists signed Jay Z. They used to like sound like you know one artist, uh, a unique sound, but experiment and try out different beats, different beat structures. That's what I really loved about him. It was such a good change from everything else that I was listening. Like his album really, really impacted me. Yeah, I agree. You know what crossed my mind when you said uh, 50 Cent in the club? I guess that that era of music, it's just, it's just striking me even more. The chords of in the club are very like Bangra and Indian, aren't they? Like it's, it's, think of it. There was such a, a pocket at that time of, of, of 2000s hip hop that was inspired, definitely. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if in the club sounds like a Punjabi or Bhangra beat, no. but I guess it does because they're like, so they're, there's like some 10, 10 really, really big Punjabi remixes on Remixes. That, online. You can, if you, if you search, if you search for like in the club Bhangra remix or Punjabi remix, you'll come across like eight to 10 of them and most of them from the UK. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard them. I've heard them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure you, you must have heard them in the club or something. Yeah. Or something, man. I know that Dre, I know Dre listens to, Dre is, uh, Dre loves Indian foods. Um, and uh, so I know that camp, it's always been like in the circle, like that sound has been, like they're aware of the sound. So I won't be too surprised. But yeah, I mean, 50 is probably my number one artist because that's the era that I, I started, like I started fanning like really, really standing an artist uh, with 50. I think 50 was the first artist yeah. that I was really, really a big fan of. First Eminem, then 50, but 50 slightly more because I, that's the time when I like hip hop really, really hit me hard in a big way and just like, you know, took over my life. So I felt like, yeah. uh, you know, it was, it was a special moment. It was crazy. Like even meeting him, it was such a crazy moment. I'm, I met him and I, you know, after being... Uh, such a big fan of his and you know being good friends with uh, his camp I, when I met him I found out so crazy I forgot to take a picture like <laughs> believe that it's crazy you know That's so, so funny. Oh <laughs> my crazy goodness. moment but now Josh I feel like there's so many more stories to tell but I'm 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 gonna be late to my next meet <laughs> It's, uh, it's, it's, it, I know. it took us a while to get the um, the, the stream running but um, I'm sure that I feel like there should be a part two to this very soon but I feel like yeah we've, we've just had a great recollection of, of your story and the person behind Hip Hop and More I guess the last thing to finish off on would be um, what would your projection be for blogs and bloggers and just that whole world of, of media How what are your projections for it? Uh, to be 100% honest uh, I think the uh, the days when when blogs were like hitting like million two million three million you know uh, you know views a month those days are pretty much over uh, for most of them 
I think you really big media houses have the the right funding, the right kind of you know uh, structure and the number of people working for the workforce to really survive. Other than that, I think people like uh, you know like Blog More and other a few other sites they are still very important, but it's 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 never going to be the same. Like social media has taken over in such a big way that the whole culture flows through that. You know. the whole the timelines uh, on these platforms are what really really matter you know today i think media coverage is still very important uh, you know if you're if you're just a small example like if you're searching for something on google you may not if you're searching for an album you may not come across a social media post about the album but you'll probably come across uh, you know a media outlet posting something about that album you know just just things like that just a very small example media coverage is still very important but it's not it's not going to be the same like you know yeah. it moves very quick i think it's just evolving it's just evolving into other stuff so i think the future is not not as bright it's still very important the blog is still very important but uh it's it's not going to be the same <laughs> no it's not but i think you did it in the right way i feel like before these tiktoks and instagrams came into play um you established that platform and you could say that you your that that data is yours like <laughs> you you know you're not sure you, i own you own exactly and then that's that's a big deal a lot of people don't know the young people wouldn't know that do you know what i'm saying like when when people are posting on these social media sites they are literally that's it that they they're giving it away and it's mostly for free you know there's hardly a return yeah. um unless you're on youtube or or other monetization platforms but other than that i feel like i feel like blogs should reinvent themselves into podcasts in in that like in that space i think that's where it could live and thrive and and continue to see um a fruitful sort of return um and and again you still get to have your own voice for sure Maybe yeah Josh. i've been thinking of a I've, <laughs> i've been thinking of a podcast so many of my friends my peers like a lot of other like my you know people my friends from the media space have like really uh, hit me and encouraged me about a podcast i don't know i think uh, i don't know maybe i'm being lethargic We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure you have so many more things in the works and I know that, you know, it's important to focus on on things you know, as and when you feel like it and you and you you know, you 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 really want to get into that A&R space and I think that you can really thrive there. You really can. Yeah. definitely and i really i'm so sorry i feel like i'm cutting you so short but i need to jump on a live twitch soon we we'll do a part 2 i i agree i agree we we should do a part 2 and maybe hopefully we'll be in this in you know in the same space we can improve the the the, the streaming quality on my side for sure and i i really want to uh, you know shout you out i love your interviews uh the way that you're in touch with the culture the way you're in touch with the new sound the new artists like i i really really enjoy uh, you can tell that you really do your research for your interviews i really appreciate that so and wow. you are so multifaceted multifaceted so you know congrats for congrats to you for all of that uh, and all that you do thank you so much i wasn't expecting that <laughs> <laughs> no, I really appreciate that honestly. Like I I know how much um people don't really see the the back sort of 
the back work, you know, it's like a like a swan, oh, yes. a lot of flapping under the water, but it seems like you're coasting and floating. <laughs> One person doing 10 things. I know all about that. Exactly, exactly. But that's why I'm I'm very supportive of what you what you've done, what you do, and what you will do. I definitely will continue to back that. But part two pending for In the Trap Podcast with Nav Josh. Thank you so much for joining me um here. Sarah Harrison and Nav Josh, there's Thank way you, more. Sarah. no problem, man. Hip hop and more is in the building and we'll gladly have you again. <laughs>